welcome to the United States Paranormal Podcast. Sit down and buckle up for an enlightening ride through everything cryptid, creepy, and paranormal. Hello, all of my paranormal freaks out there. It is I, Golden Jay, with the Rocker Chick and Jay Dub. And today we have a very special guest, J Dub. Who's with us? <laughs> I hate you, Peter. <laughs> well, are you going to say his last name? I'm sorry, I forget already. <laughs> I have a short-term memory. Rykowski. was that right? Yep. Yeah. Yay! There you go. <laughs> you know the reason I put it on spot is because I forgot too, but. Uh, <laughs> Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I've been looking forward to meeting you since uh, since you emailed into the show, and we've been kind of going back and forth. Uh, you got some really cool things going on out there in Pennsylvania, and we are excited to talk to you about those things. But first, we've got to do it in Team Boozer style. Rocker Chick, what do you got for me? My paper fell. Oh, for shit's sake. <laughs> this is the this, this is the shit show. That's that's what you have <laughs> editing for. Okay, so let me ask you this. What song would you like to enter a room to always? Oh. 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 Oh my god. I, I think that's simple for me. I'm gonna go with you're so beautiful by Flicker Stick. Oh, wow! Really? I, you know, I have all this. I, you know, <laughs> does it have to be a whole song? Or I'm gonna go with it. He's so vain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but can it be just be like the snippets of a song, or does it have to be the whole song? I, what just... would it be like for you to walk in all of a sudden? You hear I'm sexy and I know it. No, I'd be like, hello. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I time you want, yeah. Hello, is <laughs> it me you're looking for? Okay, that's oh, that that's pretty great. I like that. All right, Rocker Chick, what do you got? Um, I have actually got "Not Your Bitch" by Naked Beggar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Peter, what do you got? Uh, how about the Imperial March from Star Wars? Oh, oh hey, that's a good one. So good. Okay, so everybody's going to have these songs on their phones from now on. So as they walk into a room, they just hit just play. play. Okay. So it. after you do your intro, you have to play your song, and then you introduce Rocker Chick. She plays her you know, little slip it, snippet, and then I do it like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Is it me? <laughs> I think definitely we need to leave your singing in on that. I think that's... Uh, oh, gosh, uh, no. Please no. do. Please do. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Oh, I, I, that's pretty great. That's a, actually a really good song. So, um, yeah, I think that's a, that's that's a pretty good question. I like, I like it. that question. Yeah, I like it. All right, all right. I feel good about that. Imperial March. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah, that's pretty. Like, <laughs> look at me, confident. It, it is. It's very confident. Yeah. Peter, when you when you walk through a um, automatic door, do you force it? You know, do you give <laughs> it the force? Because I, I, I'd love to do that. I don't, but my son Luke does sometimes. 
I do it and then I I walk a little bit and then I turn around to see if anybody was watching me. You know, like uh, like <laughs> door opens. Your timing has to be impeccable, let me tell you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to let's get to Peter's story and uh, and what we've been uh, me and him have been kind of going back and forth on. Um, let's start off now, Peter. Are you in? You are in Pennsylvania. Are you in Chestnut Ridge? I'm not. I'm about an hour from Chestnut Ridge. Is where I currently reside. Okay. I'm in the same county, uh, but it's it's about an hour away. Now, how far are you from? Uh, Keck, um, say it, um, Kecksburg. Yeah. Kecksburg, about the same. And that's today. That's where our story is going to start. Right. That's, that's where we're going to start. Um, we're going to talk about Kecksburg, um, and the Chestnut Ridge. They're in, again, in the same County, about 30 miles apart. And most of this takes place, generally speaking, about 55 miles Southeast of Pittsburgh. So that kind of gives you you know, most people, you're either close to Pittsburgh or close to Philadelphia. So we're we're about 55 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, and again, predominantly talking about Westmoreland County, uh, but this also bleeds into Fayette County, as well as a little bit of Cambria County. So um, when I talk about the Laurel Highlands, which is the general's, the area that encompasses Chestnut Ridge, the Laurel Highlands um, are there in the Allegheny Mountains, which the Allegheny the Allegheny Mountains are the western central part of the Appalachians. Okay. So that's you know we're in Appalachia. Uh, we're talking about the western central part of the Appalachians, and that's going to be the Laurel Highlands, and then the Chestnut Ridge, and then Laurel Highlands. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that that's where our story takes place, and as you said, we're we're going to kick it off in in Kecksburg, which Kecksburg's kind of the Roswell of the East. You know, everybody in the country knows about Roswell. Right. Right. Kecksburg is a little less um, well known, but pretty significant in the the documentation that's been gathered. So what happened in Kecksburg is December 9th. 1965, a large fireball was seen by thousands of people. This isn't like one or two people or me and my buddy saw it. Thousands of people saw a fireball going across the sky. It's even reported that it dropped uh, metal fragmentations in Michigan and Ohio that that was recovered. Hmm. Then once it got into Western Pennsylvania area, they heard a sonic boom. Which, if anybody doesn't know, a sonic boom is when something exceeds the sound of uh, the speed of sound. Right, right. Yeah. So this sonic boom is heard in western Pennsylvania, and then this fireball is seen crashing into a wooded area in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania. So, of course, small town, big excitement. Everybody goes to see what's going on. So they start looking to where the the area that they saw this thing go down. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they find what was reported to be an acorn-shaped object the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. Wow. What's even more interesting is all of the very consistent in the eyewitness reports is that it had like hydroglyphic writing 
around the edges, mm-hmm. which, so that kind of caught everybody off guard. Like, well, that doesn't look like a satellite. It looks, it's a big solid acorn, hieroglyphics written on it, no sign of an engine, any kind of propulsion, anything like that. They said within an hour or so, military personnel started showing up. Now, nobody says whether it's Army, Air Force, what, but military personnel start showing up and basically securing the area, backing people out of it, you know, getting everybody back away from the scene. Now, there is one picture that I was able to find that's reportedly of the object. An, an actual picture picture from that day? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it wasn't in any of the Pennsylvania newspapers or anything. It was actually in a uh, an Ohio uh, paper that shows a, an acorn shaped object size of, of a Volkswagen Beetle loaded onto a military style truck. Hmm. And uh, that's the only photographic evidence I've ever been able to, to see. And that's available online. If, if you, you know, Google the Kecksburg UFO crash, you'll be able to find that um, newspaper article. Now um, did, I thought I read that there was a, uh, one of the eyewitnesses who went down into the woods was a welder. Did you, do you remember reading that? Because I, I thought that he had said that this, this uh, acorn shape had no seams in it whatsoever. It was just like a solid piece, you know, and as a welder, that's what he was looking for besides the hieroglyphics. But um, that there was no seams, no doors, no nothing on this thing. It was just a solid, solid piece. Yeah, I did. I did read that it was smooth with no seams. I, I don't remember them saying he was a welder, but that would certainly make sense because he would have an eye for that. Yeah. So, again, lots of lots of eyewitness reports. One reported photo that's never been accused of being fake. Right. So. The U.S. immediately says, hey, everybody, this was a meteor. No big deal. Common everyday meteor. Of course, the residents in Kecksburg are like, no, that's not a meteor. So then quickly, the authorities changed to say, no, it was a Soviet satellite that was supposed to go out of orbit and go towards Venus, but never made it out of the Earth's orbit and it crashed, which... There's that certainly makes some sense. However, if you look at the photographs that are available of that Soviet satellite with the failed launch, does not match the description of what the eyewitnesses report, nor does it match that alleged photograph. So that didn't really carry water. The other theory that was out there, which is very interesting, is that it was a German military time machine experiment. Oh. Golden Jay, did you did you read oh, anything about no. that? No, I missed okay. that part of that. I <laughs> like time machines. How do you like that one, Colton? <laughs> so, aside from this story, there is uh, a lot of talk about this German military time machine experiment that was called the Bell. Now, there's it's never been proven to have existed. But it's a widely accepted theory that it did. So widely accepted that in 2018, Ravel put out a model of it. So you could actually buy a model of this this alleged military time machine. And they quickly pulled it from the shelves because 
they said they pulled it because it was a fictional craft that too many people thought was a historical craft. Wow. That so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so that that bell um, time machine theory is widely known and discussed. And there was some talk that this could have been what that craft was. It doesn't exactly match up if you look at the pictures, but there again, it's never been proven to exist. So we don't know right. exactly what it looked like. So that's an interesting theory. Now, I I didn't read anywhere that uh, um, anybody had any idea what those hieroglyphs were either. They were they were um, kind of just like they they thought they kind of look Egyptian or something along that lines, but nobody ever really dove into any of the eyewitnesses anyway of what they thought maybe they stood for or if they'd ever seen anything, uh, you know, later on or if they went looking for them or anything. Right. I, I found the same. I think that has a lot to do with the fact that it was, it, it was reportedly whisked out of the area right. as quickly as possible. So there's a lot of eyewitnesses that report this thing was quickly loaded on a military flatbed, which is what that, that photograph indicated. And I, I know people that have told me uh, again, you know, back in 65, I wasn't alive yet, but I, I do have some friends that were that said, yep, we saw that, that tractor trailer coming down the highway escorted. Was yeah. Because they didn't, they didn't tarp it either. They just loaded it and drove it down the road is, is what, what I understood. From what I understand and what my, the people that I've spoken to uh, has said by the time that it, was out onto the highway it was tarped oh okay so getting it out of the woods it wasn't tarped but then before they actually got out into the public eye it was tarped gotcha gotcha so they nobody could say yeah i saw that acorn on a flatbed but i've talked to people that said yeah i saw something again about the size of a volkswagen beetle tarped on a military truck with escort right on gotcha so again there's just there's so many people that tell the exact same story that lend a lot of credit to, to this event. Right. Right. For sure. And they say that this is, that this is actually probably as big as Roswell, as far as the crash and the military sweeping in and picking this up and, and all that. Right. I think Roswell gets a lot more uh, press, if you will, because there were bodies involved. Right. But you know, with this, we have an object. And like you said, there was no sign of a cockpit or occupants or anything like that. It was, it was, a sealed object with no, no door or anything of, of that nature that, that we know about. Right. Now there was a freedom of information act filed to get more information from NASA on there because there were NASA officials uh, seen at the scene and NASA did come out with a report that said, yep, something did go down in uh, uh, Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, but it was a satellite. It was a Russian satellite. So they went with that one. But when the Freedom from Informa Freedom for Information Act request was filed, NASA said we lost the report. We lost all the documents. Wow! <laughs> of course, to the point to, to the point where after exhausted attempts to find any information in multiple agencies, saying we cannot find any any information on this, it is truly lost. They dropped the the request for information. So. You know, NASA has even gone so far as to say, look, we lose stuff like, you know, there's there's Apollo stuff that we've lost. Like we legitimately can't find these reports. So, 
you know, take that for what you will, but apparently NASA loses stuff. I'll tell you what, that makes me feel damn good about our, our uh, space uh, program program <laughs> is, you know, well, we lost it, you know, uh, you know, we sent a rocket up, but um, it'll come back. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> <clears throat> but I also, I feel like I should remind everybody that this is just, you know, information that I've been able to find you know, third party, fourth party. So it's not like I filed the information act and I talked to NASA. So I'm just right, right. You know, regurgitating what I've been able to find on, you know, if it was on the internet, it must be true, right? right. Everything on the internet is true. So what I, from my understanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now, go ahead. Ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, also, I just wanted to mention, you know, we, we did talk about Stan Gordon uh, briefly. Stan's, done a tremendous amount of work with this chestnut ridge stuff ufo and bigfoot as well as paranormal and and unexplained stuff throughout pennsylvania and uh, also eric altman has a lot of information on that i found his name time and time again as i was doing my online research on this stuff um stan has a couple books that are very interesting that cover the topics so i just wanted to kind of nod to those guys not not to lead anybody to think that I've done all this back, you know, research that those two guys have done a ton of work. Well, I mean, um, let's talk about Stan in a second. Um, let's not leave uh Kecksburg just yet because just, I want our listeners to know that they do uh, a big festival there every year uh, about, what'd you say? It was December 9th. Is that correct? Yes. Um, do they do the festival in, in December or is it earlier in the season? The, the festival occurred, I can't tell you the date, but I'm, it's warmer weather. Right. So they do hold a UFO festival in Kecksburg. There's actually a, uh, uh, a monument that is, is behind the Kecksburg fire department that mimics the, the shape and size of the, of the alleged UFO. So they embrace it. And, uh, you know, it's a quaint little town. If anybody's in the area, you know, the, the Kecksburg UFO festival is something that it's worth checking out. I actually watched uh, a couple YouTube videos and stuff on, on, uh, you know, with a little short, you know, couple minute where somebody is kind of walking around with a camera and showing all the, the vendors and the, and the statue and all that stuff. So it looks like it'd be a cool little festival to go to if you, uh, if you're interested in in making that, uh, well, for us, it'd be, you know, <laughs> it might be a little bit of a jaunt for us, but um, I've been out that way. I didn't, if I'd have known it was there, I might have even stopped on my way back through because I've been to Philly, you know, so definitely would uh, have uh, headed down that direction to get some pictures with it. But it looks really cool. And I just want, want our listeners to know if you're out that way, that it does happen. You can find it online. It is out there. So. Um, so let's get into Stan and Stan Gordon actually, uh, well, it it was alive at that time. And I remember he was really, really young. What was he, I want to say 13 or so about the time that that happened. Right. I, I believe you're right. I I don't have his age at that time. I, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, he was very, he, yeah, he was young, but it, it caught his interest. And then basically that snowballed for Stan into a lot of things, you know, 
uh, you know, 40 some years of, of researching UFOs and, and Bigfoot in that, in, you know, in that area. Um, can, can you tell me a little bit more? Um, I don't need, I don't want to do like his whole backstory, you know, of, of, you know, growing up and all that, but can you give me a little bit on what he's working on with the UFO to Bigfoot comparison or, um, compilation or togetherness? (laughs) So again, we talked about this happening in 65, right? So, you know, Stan becomes very interested in not only Bigfoot, but UFOs and doesn't really, there's not really that correlation yet, but he's interested in all the things that we can't explain. Right. Right. So in 1970, Stan puts together the Westmoreland County UFO study group. So that was kind of the first, at least in his world, the the first organized collection of UFO data in Pennsylvania. Now, you know, there, there may have well been other people that had other organizations, but this is, this is the one I have knowledge of is in 1970, the Westmoreland County UFO study group. So then as you know, we'll get into things kind of pop off in 1973, um, the Westmoreland County UFO study group morphs into the Pennsylvania center for UFO research. And then in 1981, Stan spearheads another organization called the Pennsylvania Association for the Study of the Unexplained. So it kind of broadens the, the scope of, of right. what they're looking at. Right. Now, I had a friend um, whose whose dad was I was very close with the with this guy and, and his dad had talked to us a lot about around campfires and obviously I won't mention anybody's names but it's funny because it wasn't until years later that I made this connection, but um, my dad's, uh, my friend's dad was involved in law enforcement and had an interest in the paranormal and unexplained and specifically Bigfoot, very interested in. And he was telling us one night, this was years and years ago, this was probably 92, 93. He was telling us about this group that he used to be involved in that were all volunteers that would get called out by anybody from local law enforcement to the state police when they were investigating something that didn't make sense, that seemed paranormal. And he was telling me how, you know, there were people from all different backgrounds. Some were his uh, historians, some were, you know, engineers. And as I remembered this reading the description of Stan's uh, center for UFO research matched up exactly with what he was telling me and he was saying this was long before you know ghost hunters and all the the big you know launch of all the 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 reality shows but unfortunately he's not with us anymore so i can't go back and say was that stan's group (laughs) but the next time i cross paths with stan i'm going to mention his name because i really think that that's the group that my friend's dad was involved with and he had some really interesting theories on, on Bigfoot, but I don't want to, you know, get off, off track here. Right on, right on. Oh, Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. I just, oh, the, 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 the correlation between, um, I, I love this idea and, and I'd love it so, so much because I, if you've listened to past episodes, you know, that I believe that Bigfoot has access to portals and inter uh, interdimensional 
travel. And when that theory was brought up to me, it just made so much sense to me that that's why you can't find, you know, a track stop or, you know, things like that. But that's what Stan is really going towards is that Bigfoot and, well, I guess to say is an extraterrestrial and has that access to UFOs and, and stuff like that. Am I, am I correct in that? Yeah. And that's that. So again, we're, we're, let's, we're going to talk about Bigfoot a little bit and then we'll make the connection between the two. But what, uh, uh, I had always kind of was under the impression that, you know, Bigfoot was more of a undiscovered species kind of scarce and, you know, people say, well, we would have found them by now. And if you really look at the woodland areas and, you know, uninhabited parts of the U S there's certainly ample room for an undiscovered native species. Oh yeah. Yeah. But what the three, the three theories that I've heard that I I think make the most sense um, is one, it being a, you know, uh, undiscovered, smart enough to stay away from a species. The other, like you talked about, kind of an interdimensional um, being that that whether purposefully or accidentally wanders in between dimensions. Right. That you know that opens up a whole another discussion, which is really interesting. And that's that's one of the theories that um, my buddy's dad lended a lot of credit to. Is he said, you know, a lot of times when somebody reports a sighting, it's like he it was there and then it was gone. Right. I don't know where it went. I didn't see it run away. It was there and then it was gone. So that kind of speaks to that, you know, that overlap of dimensions, which, you know, that's that's a really interesting topic when you start talking about, you know, fourth and fifth and sixth dimensions. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then the other theory that I've heard that, that seems to make a little bit of sense is if you were um, if you were an extraterrestrial race and you wanted to gather some information on this planet, you might look at, all right, this is the kind of topographical area that we're looking at. This is the climate. This is, you know, this is something that looks like it would probably belong there because these, these sightings aren't in like the deep, 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 deep forest where nobody else is. It's a lot of times it's on the edge of the woods and it's, it's watching, it's looking in people's windows. So could this be somebody's best effort of making something that looks like it belongs here to gather information. Right. That so makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting concept too, but you know, certainly nobody knows which one's right. Um, so I'm sorry. We're, so we talked about Stan and kind of what, and Stan still continues to investigate now and, and is still active in the paranormal community. Still right. does tons of interviews written a couple books. Um, one of the ones that I found very interesting is called Silent Invasion. And it's specifically on where that tie-in between the uh, the 73 occurrences, Bigfoot and UFOs comes together. It's very much a, a case book uh, of, you know, documentation, documentations of things that, that were witnessed and information gathered. Yeah, because he's got like thousands of uh, sightings and stuff like that that he has been over the years. He's researched and and looked into and and all that uh, in several several books. I mean, uh, Silent and Silent Invasion was the one that kind of stuck out to me. I don't know why, but and he's uh, a, 
I had the opportunity to meet him and super, super nice guy. One of the things I like about Stan also is he's not like everything. Every report I get is legit and we believe everybody. Right. There's a lot of reports where he's like, look, this just doesn't add up. (laughs) You know, you always want to see that skepticism in, in somebody that you're reading their, their reports. Well, I would imagine that with all the things that he's done over the years and all the investigating he's done, um, he could probably spot uh, 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 kind of a fake one a, a mile away, I would think. I would think, you know, it's it's like a police officer that does a lot of interrogati- interrogations. You know, you get good at it. You start to read people. and But I, I've never had the opportunity to have that conversation with them again. I, my only interaction with Sam was when I, I got a book from him and had a real brief conversation just about you know, all the strange things that, that happen here in PA. Right on. Right, right, right. So do you want to talk about the 73 um, invasion at this point? Yeah, let's let's get into that because, um, you know, we, we're talking about UFOs and we're talking about Bigfoot. So I'm sure, you know, folks want to know why, how those two tie together. Yeah. Because this is the, the only story, the only um, documentation that I'm aware of that really t- tries to correlate the two. Right. Right. So there's and tons, tons of Bigfoot reports and Bigfoot, you know, books and documentaries. And then likewise with UFO, but this is one of the few stories that that's why I sent you the email. I thought it'd be interesting because this is one of the few times where someone found seems to have found a correlation between the two. Right. Right. Nice. And of course, 1973 is the best year ever. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Some of the best people were born in that year. Yeah, it is correct. <laughs> Damn, that's right. <laughs> now, I did not do, uh, I did not see a lot of research on the 73, except a, a couple of the, you know, he talks about, um, um, there was a lot of different sightings going on. So can you elaborate on that for me? Yeah. What I did, I I went through and tried to pick out ones that had um, some detail and some locations as opposed to, you know, if you go through silent invasion, it's case after case after case, but some of them are two line reports. So I tried to find some stuff that was a little more interesting that would, you know, generate a little more conversation. Right on. So, as far as Pennsylvania and Bigfoot, uh, Pennsylvania has a long history with Bigfoot, going back to documented sightings back in the 1800s in newspapers. You can find reports of things that match up to Bigfoot descriptions. So it's certainly not like 1973 was the first time we started seeing Bigfoot right. um, sightings, which is interesting because uh, Patterson-Gimlin was, what, 1969, correct? I believe um, that, that's when that footage was. Yeah, yeah. So that certainly started everybody looking and, you know, the power of suggestion of what you're seeing in the woods. But these sightings go back way before that. So, you know, we have these um, sporadic sightings of these wild men and apes and things like that. And then, of course, in 65, we talked about the the, the crash in Kecksburg. Well, in 73, we start to see, we uh, being uh, uh, Pennsylvania, Western PA, and the Laurel Ridge, see an explosion in UFO sightings, like multiple UFO sightings in a week. Um, 
And we also start to see a flurry of Bigfoot sightings. So Stan's organization, well, Stan is, is taking these reports and he's got some people that he's investigating with and they're documenting these reports and they start to see a pattern that there'll be a UFO sighting reported and then very, very quickly there'll be a Bigfoot sighting. Right, right. So 73, uh, as I said, we start to see that correlation. There's a UFO sighting followed by a Bigfoot sighting. So one of the um, one of the cases that I found that had multiple witnesses and some interesting details was August. So this is August of 73. This is the Laurel Highlands area, the Chestnut Ridge area. There's a mobile home community where one evening residents hear a baby crying outside so one lady in particular hears it close to her residence so obviously she thinks somebody's in trouble she goes outside to investigate why why this baby is crying outside and she exits her mobile home to see an eight foot tall bigfoot typical description bigfoot creature running from away from her towards the wood line well, there's other residents of the mobile home park that see the same thing. So they find scratches uh, on one of the mobile homes that, you know, looks like somebody somebody or something was scratching the, the mobile home. I believe one report said that another mobile home was picked up and not, not picked up like, you know, just right. the edge of it picked up. And you could see where it had been moved just slightly. And they found footprints. I believe just a couple in one dirt area where they found these large, large Bigfoot stereotypical footprints. Hmm. So Stan gets the report and the resident called the lady that, that had exited her residence and saw the creature running away from her. She called Stan a couple days later and, and said, you know, I, we think we think maybe how should I phrase this? Um, they drew attention that they didn't want to from a government agency. And what what had happened was a gentleman showed up, just one not like not the men in black type description. <laughs> That's what I thought you were gonna say, men yeah, in black. Yeah, no, th- not not that men in black description, just a, a gentleman in a suit showed up said he was there to to interview them about what had happened. But, you know, the residents noticed that it, his car had Ohio government plates, which they thought was odd. He didn't have uh, a uniform on. He had a suit on. And as he goes out, he's looking at the prints and he's talking with the residents and he's writing things down. A kid takes a Polaroid picture and the guy snatches the Polaroid picture picture away from the kid and says that that's our picture now. And then promptly kicks the, the footprints and destroys them. Wow. Quickly jumps in his car and is gone. Nobody ever got a name. Nobody knows who this guy was. All they know is a Brown car with government plates on it, Ohio government plates. So Stan got this information and never, he has never been able to figure out who that was, what organization he was from, you know, how he got notified that anything had even happened. So that was kind of bizarre, kind of eerie, you know. Yeah. To, you know, try to figure out who he was, and nobody was ever ever able to figure out who he was. 
so that 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 uh, evidence was destroyed before anybody cast it or anything like that. Um, so then here, still in August, do you have anything you want to talk about with that, Jay? No, I'm just okay. I, I, I'm I'm pondering the the fact of why. Okay, let, let's honestly say it's a government official. Why would they come in and destroy the evidence and and take the take the picture away from the kid? It makes you almost wonder if it's a government experiment that got out and happened to be in that area or something of that effect. You know that you know my conspiracy mind, murder, thrill, you know, <laughs> true crime, you know, all kinds of shit that I got going through my head. But you know, that's I'm just that's where my ponders at on that one. Cause I didn't read that. I didn't read, I missed that story. So I, I kind of wonder, my mind doesn't quickly go to the government expectation experimentation gone wrong. Mine goes more towards that guy, not being who he portrayed himself to be. Right. 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 Yeah. So that, you know, when he, he doesn't leave a business card, he doesn't, you know, show ID. He just shows up and starts interviewing and he looks official. So people are talking with him and then he promptly destroys everything and leaves. And they said, he didn't like say, okay, I'll see you later. Like he jumped in his car and was gone. <laughs> now, does it say, does the boy take a picture of him or did he take a picture of the footstep? The, the boy, it, in everything I've been able to read, it said he just took a picture of the footprint. Gotcha. You know, and it was, you know, we're talking 73. So it was, it wasn't, a digital camera and right. it was the old Polaroid. And I guess when the, from what I can gather from what I've read is when the Polaroid spit the, the picture out, he snatched it out of the camera. Hmm. But, you know, what would stop the kid unless he took the camera as well, you know, what would stop the kid from taking another, well, other than the fact that he then destroyed the footprint. Destroyed so, right. Yeah. I guess there would be no more pictures then. I'm surprised that they didn't have pictures prior to him showing up though. I mean, did they give a timeline as far as like how soon he got there? Was it relatively it, quick? It was day. It was a couple days. So, you know, this was obviously not when everybody had a camera in their pocket. Right. 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 Would, I'm with you. I, I would think somebody would take a picture of it, but you know, who knows who had a camera and who didn't. And, you know, this kid finally gets there with his Polaroid and takes a picture and it's quickly snatched away. So, no other pictures that I'm aware of or that Stan ever mentioned ever surfaced of those footprints. Interesting. Very interesting. J-Dub, what do you think of that? I know how much you love the, the UFO talk. Aliens. <laughs> 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 I'm just listening. Just taking it all in. You're going to dream about this later tonight. <laughs> Now, Peter, is any of um, the land that all this is happening on, has the government bought it up or anything around your area? Or is it still all publicly owned? So far as I'm aware, it's still all publicly owned. Um, there's still a lot of like large, large areas that are single family owned, you know, like thousand acres that are single family mm -hmm. owned. So there's still a lot of wooded area that's not. You know, there's no no neighborhoods or anything like that. 
the only other thing I was able to find out about the area is something I didn't know is the, the soil and the clay in the, the Chestnut Ridge area is very rich in limestone. And the only reason I noted that is because you hear so much talk about limestone and running water when it comes to like right. things. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was an interesting thing to note. That is very true. Well, I just I asked that question because I've I've watched a couple shows. I think Oregon area, like there was certain areas where they'd seen had a lot of things going on with Bigfoot and slash aliens and the government actually bought up the property and you know put fence up and people aren't allowed to go in that area anymore. So yeah, I've I've read some of those stories, which I think are really interesting, like where a hunter comes upon a fence. Mm -hmm. there's like government officials that say, yeah, you, you can't come past here. Right. So that I'm not aware of. Uh, I've never read anything about any of those areas in, in the Chestnut Ridge area. That would certainly be interesting. Now, are you a hiker? Do you go out and, and look? So I, I do enjoy uh, the outdoors. I'm not necessarily a hiker. Uh, <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> uh, I used to hunt. I don't hunt so much anymore. Um, I spend more time being a dad than I do gotcha. uh, finding things to do on the weekend. <laughs> so I'd, I still fish as much as I can. I don't really hunt anymore. And the only other thing that draws me into the woods is uh, I'm involved in some uh, ATV and motocross woods racing. So they'll go out and our crews will lay out uh, a 12 mile circuit in the woods so oh, we'll nice. go out into like a 1200 acre owned area and the crews will lay out a 10, 12 mile track in the woods. And then my partner and I will go out and pre-ride that to look for, you know, hazards and things where people might get injured. And we had some interesting things doing those pre-rides recently, you know, as recent as two weeks ago. Really? Yeah. Um, I, I, I hate to, I don't want to, you know, get all over the place. But so a couple of weeks ago, we were doing a pre-ride on a track uh, in Armstrong County. And as we were riding, I heard right beside me what sounded like somebody threw a log sideways is the best way I can describe it. You know, just wood cracking against wood. And uh, as we got to an area where we were going to talk about what we were doing, I said, did you hear that back there? And my partner said, what? I said, it sounded like somebody next to us threw a log sideways through the woods. And he says, very matter of factly with, oh yeah, there's, there's a female Sasquatch out here. We've seen twice. I haven't seen her. <laughs> really. I'm like, oh, that, oh not, okay. like, yeah. He, and he, that was it. That was the end of the conversation. He was just very matter of fact about it. It wasn't like, oh yeah, well, guess what? It was just like, yeah, yeah. There's a female Sasquatch we've seen twice. <laughs> so hmm. like, okay. Wow. So we, we've heard wood knocks, um, you know, I've, I've never seen anything doing that. I've heard wood knocks. I've heard some, you know, wood cracking, things like that. Um, interest, you know, enough to keep, keep you interested in. The right. Topic. Right. Um, so get, getting back to 1973, uh, we were talking about August of 73. It was when this, this mobile home park incident happened, but in the same month, uh, still in August of 73, there's a, a flurry of UFO sightings. But what's interesting is 
you would think, especially if this was a hoax, people would see the same UFO. Like, yeah, I saw the same thing you saw. But it's not. Every Everybody's describing like orbs of light, but different colors. You know, silver craft, but different shapes. So we're we're seeing all these UFO reports in a flurry of in August of 73, but they're, they're of different colors and different shapes and things like that, which is kind of interesting. But in, uh, so right into September. So August, the, the, Bigfoot sighting happens in the mobile home park. We're seeing all these UFO sightings. We're getting all these Bigfoot reports that are following the UFO sightings. And then in uh, September 3rd, so this is, you know, just right after August into September 3rd, the in the Greensburg area, which again is, is very handy to the Chestnut Ridge area, a large, long UFO is seen only about a estimated to be a hundred foot off the ground, which, you know, you can't put a lot of stock in that. Cause if you don't know how big the object you're looking is, how do you looking at right. how, do you know how high it is? But right. again, this is multiple witnesses that don't know each other that all saw this same UFO that they said looked massive, this large silver uh, elongated UFO is seen. So the witnesses see this thing and they're estimating it to be a hundred foot off the ground. And as they're watching it, it goes from a parallel flight pattern to kind of turning into a vertical flight pattern. And as it turns into a vertical flight pattern, all the power in the area goes out. Hmm. So they they later found that, I I guess it's at the, uh, the, the relay station, power station, every fuse in that station was, was blown. And this was really right in the same area that everybody was seeing this craft. And right when it turned vertical, all the power in the area goes out. So I thought, again, that's interesting. And I I like the fact that it wasn't one person. It was numerous people, including local law enforcement, that saw this thing. Right. So still in in September of 73, um, at the Bell Farm, which is just over the county line, they're seeing multiple... Uh, UFOs and Bigfoot sightings all in the same area. Like they'll see a UFO, then they see Bigfoot all in the same area. Multiple different people report in the area of this bell farm. So when I said we have a flurry of events, as you can see, like multiple in August, multiple in September, uh, right after the bell farm in September 27th. So now getting towards the end of September, a Two witnesses report seeing an eight-foot-tall Bigfoot running towards the wood line, carrying a glowing orb, which oh, <laughs> it's the first time I ever heard of something like that. So they report the exact same thing, that there's this eight-foot-tall, typical Bigfoot description creature running towards the wood line, carrying a glowing orb in his hands. Later that evening... They get multiple UFO reports of a glowing orb in the sky, the same color as the one that the alleged Bigfoot was carrying Hmm. by other people, not related to the ones that saw the eight foot tall creature. Right. Right. Interesting correlation there. Again, I think lends, lends a little bit of credit to the sighting that other people saw the same color orb in the sky that these folks reported seeing 
being carried by the creature. Hmm. So that September 27th, that takes us to the end of September. But then in October, we're still having events. In October was is probably the most um, close encounter, if you will, that's reported. And in October of 73, again, towards the county line in that area, there's multiple members of the family that report a big red glowing orb in the sky above their farm, not far above their farm. Uh, farm. Again, we're, we get reports that this is like 100 feet off the ground. But this glowing orb, they said, is the size of a barn. So, you know, we're not talking about basketball being carried under somebody's arm. Now right, we're talking right. about a red glowing orb the size of a barn. So, again, numerous family members, you know, with houses around the area of the farm all see this. They congregate trying to figure out what they're looking at. So the one... Uh, male member of the farm says, I'm going to hop in my truck and drive towards this and see if I can figure out what it is. So as he drives towards it, the glow from the orb is illuminating the, the pasture and the wood line. He sees what he describes as two eight foot tall creatures walking the, the wood line, not running, just walking the wood line. And as they get to the fence posts of the, the, fence of the pasture they're stepping over it and continuing to walk two of them so he's got a rifle in his in his truck and he's got tracer rounds now if you if you're not familiar what tracer rounds are is they're not uh, they're not ammo intended they're, they're not bullets they're basically like imagine a roman candle right to shoot a, a, a glowing almost like a flare right so he decides to to fire a tracer over their heads. So he fires a tracer over their heads and begins to hear the sound of what he describes to be a turbine. So almost like the engines firing up on, on this orb. So he, he describes this loud hum like a turbine sound. And the creature stopped. So he fires another tracer. He figures he got their attention. So he fires another tracer and they begin to walk towards him. And I hope I'm getting this, this right. Cause sometimes the stories, you know, you read so many of them, right? If I'm not mistaken, they walk towards him. He loads a live round because at this point he feels like, all right, I got their attention, but they're not, I'm not scaring them and puts a live round down range. And he feels confident that he hit one of them, but they slowly turn back and walk the other direction, not run, not fall, just turn back and walk the, the other direction. The light goes out on the craft and it seems like everything's gone. Hmm. So again, multiple witnesses corroborating the same story, but no physical evidence that, that I could find uh, in any of the documentation that, you know, no crop circle or burn marks or anything like that. That's interesting because I've actually read a couple of different stories, you know, brief stories of, I actually did read that one, that, that one you just, that one you just said, um, there was another one where, um, a, a woman walked out her front door, um, 
I can't remember. She actually had the shotgun in her hand because she'd heard noises. But uh, she, as soon as she walked out and was on her porch, there was an eight foot Bigfoot. You know uh, all the all the standard uh, uh, description right in front of her porch, and she unloaded that shotgun on him and didn't phase him one bit. I was trying to, I, I had heard Stan talk about that case and I was trying to find the written documentation of it, but that's exactly one of the ones that, that I wanted to, to talk about and I couldn't find the date and, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I, I knew I'd read it or heard it in an interview or whatever. So, and there were a lot of details with that, that I thought lended some credibility. If, if we're talking about the same one and I'm sure we are, she had a bag of cans that she was recycling on the front porch and she heard the cans knocking around. And she thought there was a raccoon or something on the front porch. So that's why she had the shotgun. Okay. She goes out front and, as you said, is, you know, confronted by an eight-foot-tall creature. And I thought an interesting thing about that one was, if you recall, she said that the eyes were glowing. Mm. Hmm. And, yeah, like you said, she she unloaded the shotgun and it didn't phase them. And her sons lived down the road and they heard the shotgun shots. So they started towards her place to see what was going on. But hmm. yeah, now- I missed pieces of that story. So um, yeah, it sounds just like the same story, but I, I, I didn't get the, I didn't, I didn't get the full, <laughs> the full thing. I, I, the glowing eyes sounds familiar. I, I think I remember that because that's actually turned up in a couple different stories too, with the red glowing eyes. Now, the one that I talked about with the, the large, or the size of a barn. So you had read the same the same report. Did I? Did it sound accurate? That did I miss anything or misconstrue anything? Because I, I I caught the pieces of um, of the tracers and all that. So yeah, I mean you you actually told more of the story that I that, that I had read that I didn't read all of those things. So um, it was just a more condensed down version that I saw. But yeah, that's uh, that's that's exactly what I had heard was is he'd done the two tracer rounds, and then actually put one you know center mass and nothing nothing happened. I mean, not even flinched from what I understand. I mean, I'm sure again, you know, there's so many accounts of these stories, whether it be verbal in in interviews or written in the book. I'm sh- I'm sure there's a detail somewhere that I'm gonna you know misconstrue or mess oh, up. Yeah. I just don't want anybody listening to say, wait, that's not exactly what happened. You know, you just, you read so many of these reports that. Oh yeah. And they're all different. They all have different. Yeah. With them. So nobody's holding you to it. (laughs) (laughs) So let's jump out of 73. Let's, let's go into some, uh, some more modern, uh, of what's going on. Um, in the, in the, um, in the uh, article that you sent me, uh, the the big write up there with with Stan and I can't think of the guy doing the interview with him. I can't think of his name right off the top of my head, but um, Stan was actually talking about in in there that recent, like in February or February or May or so April and May. What do you know? What year that article was that uh, you sent me? I don't remember off the top of my head. Which... Okay. I just, it wasn't 2023 though. I mean, it was like probably what, 2022, 20, 21 or something like that. It's, I don't think it was that old. I don't, I think it was 21. Okay. Because we, the, 
if I'm not mistaken, the BFR web, BFRO website has documenta documented sightings in PA in like 21 and 22. Right on. I, yeah, it's like I was reading it and I'm like, what? And I kept thinking, you know, I'm in that mindset of this interview just happened. And I'm reading this and I think, no, dummy, this is probably a couple years old. So, but I mean, we are, we are seeing a flurry back in Pennsylvania again within the last two or three years, correct? Yeah, there was. So in 2003, we started to have this ramp up of sightings, both, you know, UFO and Bigfoot sightings together. And then it died off again. It seems cyclical. And then, uh, you know, recently we're starting to see some sightings again. You know, certain nothing compares to to what happened in '73. Right, as you can right. see, you know, just in a, a little bit of research, you're able to find numerous documented sightings in in the same month in the same area. So, you know, we do see. I don't, I don't know if we've seen the pattern that we saw in 73, but it does seem to be on the cyclical. So then the question is why, why, why is Chestnut Ridge, you know, as, so we know it's rich in limestone, but that right. seems pretty thin as to explain what the attraction is. So why did we talk so much about Kecksburg? You know, what, what's the tie in between Kecksburg and other than the fact that they're in the same area. So, you know, you, you think about, what's what's drawing these alleged ufos to that chestnut ridge area are they looking for a downed air a downed spacecraft oh right you know is that why okay we see a ufo and then we have bigfoot sightings are they looking for something that crashed something of theirs that crashed right Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. That's a, that, oh yeah, that would, that would tie everything in. Right. So it stands the common thread in the story, right? Because, you know, the, the Kecksburg thing kind of kicked off his interest. And, and then we, in 73, we see these flurry of sightings, which again, isn't far, you know, isn't far from Kecksburg, but is there something more than Stan that ties those stories together? And, you know, that, trying to be analytical and you know obviously none of this is factual other than the fact that the, we have these you know reports we don't know for a fact that bigfoot exists we don't know for a fact if it exists what is it we don't know for a fact that ufos are extraterrestrial but we do know that we're getting all these reports so people are seeing something so then the qu the question i have is okay we're seeing all these people are seeing stuff in the in the chestnut ridge area and we also had this major event in Kecksburg. Could they be related? Are they looking for, you know, their crash? Something in that area. Hmm. Well, I mean, are they looking for something or is there something already in the ground that they're trying to get to? And I, I say that because, um, you know, Skinwalker Ranch, this, the show, seems to really revolve around that magnetic magnetic field in the ground as part of the draw for that area. And then there's also, you, you know, you read some of these stories that talk about um, energy mining, you know, where people will happen upon a craft or a site and, 
they there's a theory that these Bigfoot sightings are scaring people away from an area. And there's some talk that, you know, UFOs are energy mining to replenish their, their energy supplies. And, you know, I not to get off on too crazy of a theories, because again, I, I don't know what to believe. I, I know I've heard weird things in the woods and I believe that a lot of people have seen something, um, you know, the Patterson Gimlet footage is very compelling. Everybody, every, every expert in the world is and analyze that footage and, either said it's a hoax but a lot more have said couldn't couldn't have been hoaxed right so there's enough things to keep people interested and i think it's a great topic to to, to discuss but when when i hear these stories i always look for the why what you know what could it what could it be what could be the purpose sorry i see a dog in the background <laughs> <laughs> Your puppers moved moved <laughs> locations, and I knew as soon as I saw him move that uh, that uh, J Dub was going to be all gushy. <laughs> so that that's Kimber, and Aww. anytime I'm in my office, that's her chair. So Aww. I'm working my chair. Kimber comes down, and that's her chair. Aww, that's <laughs> that's awesome. She thinks I'm working right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, is there? Let's see. Um, oh gosh, what was I going to say? Is there any tie-in is, um, speaking of Jeremy said Skinwalker Ranch, um, is there a tie-in any way with Indians in that area? Well, I, I don't know as far as tie-in goes, but obviously this area was very rich in Native Americans, um, you, you know, the Appalachian Mountains, as well as the, all the valleys in this area all had Native American tribes in them. Um, a lot of the, the areas and towns in this area have uh, Native American heritage in the names. But as far as a tie into them, I've never I've never discovered anything that that would tie other than the fact that, you know, Native American heritage is so rich in Sasquatch and Bigfoot type imagery. Right. Right. You know, they. In in things that I've read, you know, they they reference it very matter of factly, not not as a a theory or or mystical, right? Very much something that existed. Um, any um, I'm sure there's a lot of farmland there. Um, any mutilate cow or like cow mutilation? Anything strange like that when uh, sightings have occurred? I've no, I've never read any reports, and not to say there aren't any, and I'm certainly not an uh, authority on the subject matter. All, all I know is what I've been able to, you know, learn through uh, documentaries and, and books and such. But I've never read anything or seen anything about cattle mutilations in this area. And you know, we're very, as you said, we're very rich in farmland. I mean, I can look out my window right now and see a herd of cows. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, if you have you been to Pennsylvania? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is beautiful out there. I uh my last trip out there I did, I was for some reason was in the mindset that it was just, you know, flat like Indiana and like northern Indiana and when we got out there it's like uh it, this place is gorgeous. So uh it's I, very very much not flat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah very, much, flat. very much not. Yes. <laughs> um so with all of this and the 65 Keckenberg and, and Roswell and all that, 
and this new information coming out with some whistle and I haven't read the whole article, so I don't know a ton about it, but the whistleblower for for all of that, do you think that all kind of ties in a little bit too with uh, everything going on? I think what's interesting is the the shift that we've seen in mainstream media from mockery to treating it as actual news as far as you know some of the declassified stuff uh you know just recently i I just saw last weekend i I didn't get a chance to read everything on it but the there was an event out in the las vegas area did Mm -hmm. you see that yeah so and they didn't treat that as you know a kook they treated that as hey this is something that's really interesting you know there's some some you know accredited reports of this sighting and they talked about it as news and not as you know a joke so that's not how it always was so it's almost like they're easing us into something you know it's almost like all right here's some declassified stuff from the air force which is really interesting especially if you listen to any interviews from that pilot uh very interesting and talking about these, uh, you know, underwater unidentified things that, that the military has cited. And they're giving us these little bites and treating it as actual news. I just wonder if maybe they're easing us into more information. And again, not to be conspiracy theorist. Right, right. But but I also know that, you know, there's there's some method to media. I think we all have to be we all have to have some kind of conspiracy theory because I think at this point, you know, you gotta, you've got to be throwing out your own thought thoughts and your thought process to why all this stuff happens the way it does. And, and, you know, why not? I've been a firm believer for a long, long time that if we think that we're the only intelligent life in this universe, then we have another thing coming and that, you know, UFOs and aliens are 100% real. I can't even imagine they're not being intelligent life out there. I don't know why they would come here. I like the energy idea. You know, we just seem to be stepping on our own toes most of the time around here. But, you know, I don't know what they would come here to learn, but... Well, maybe maybe they're learning what not to do. I don't know. But uh, yeah, maybe we're a good example of a bad example. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, my thought would be that maybe they were here first and they're coming back to get something, you know, like I said, that's in the earth that they had left a long time ago. And and boy, isn't there there's a lot of interesting artifacts that would certainly speak to that theory that that they were here. A long time. A long time ago, yes. Yeah, you know, the, the artifacts that they found that mimic a helmet, a removable space helmet, and you know, the there's a lot of interesting things that would kind of speak to extraterrestrials being being here before us or <clears throat> even instigating us. Right. Um, but but as Jay said, you know, to it, even if you wanted to say, okay, we're the only life in this universe, there's infinite numbers of universes. Right, right. You know, so when you talk about infinite, like how could there not be? You know, oh, how could yeah. there not be? Yeah. And then, you know, people say, well, it's impossible for them to get from universe to, to visit us. But then we talk about dimensional and we talk about time being relevant, time and space, and, you know, there being more than three dimensions and being able to slip 
it, you know, there's just, we don't know what we don't know. Right. Right. 100% because, you know, we, we take in uh, the star Wars universe or the star Trek universe, or even the guardians of the galaxy and the way that the filmmakers and the writers portray time, you know, travel to, to all these universes. Who's to say that that's, you know, just because we don't know how to do it doesn't mean that somebody out there doesn't know how to do it and can be able to jump from, you know, millions and millions of light years away to here in, you know, a matter of in a couple hours, like we would drive to Warsaw or Fort Lane, you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, the possibilities are so great. And that's what I love about conspiracy theories and, and all this stuff that go on like that, that there's so much out there that we don't know. And there's so much we could actually sit down and think about. And I loved, I loved reading up on, on Stan a lot because he talked about a lot of different things, you know, not just big spacecrafts, but like mini, mini crafts and, and how that these are coming within feet of people and stuff like that. Yeah. That's, I, I forgot about those. Those are interesting interviews as too, is, uh, yeah, the micro things that, yes. that have been reported and, you know, the rods, the, the phenomena of the rods, uh, is, is very interesting as well. And, yeah. you know, the, to the people that say, you know, None of that's real. UFOs aren't real. Bigfoot's not real. Okay, but it's still fun to sit around the fire and talk about it, isn't it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Talk about these theories, and you know, I certainly, you know, I'm with I'm with J Dub. I certainly don't want to think that there's a real possibility of waking up and seeing an alien at the foot of my bed. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. But do I think you know there's something that flew over that doesn't look like anything that we know what it is? Yeah. So. We don't know what it is. So let's just come up with theories. You know, right. we don't know what's real, what's not real. You know, I, is it possible is my question. You know, people say, well, Bigfoot's not real. Uh, it's a lot easier to prove something's real than to prove it's not real. You know, proving absence is pretty difficult, right. especially when, you know, you have people who live in neighborhoods and, and you know, bedroom communities that say, well, we would have found it by now. There's, there's not as you don't realize how much deep woods we have in the U S that is incredibly remote that, that nobody's at. Right. Yep. So proving the absence is pretty impossible. You know, it's, it's like UFOs proving the absence of intelligent life other than us is impossible. So then let's, why can't we just talk about theories of what might there be? Yes. 100%. Yes, I love that. <laughs> we should talk about this more, J Dub. More about aliens. There, but they can stay away from me. <laughs> J Dub looks like she wants to be anywhere else right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. They're cute, like puppies. And maybe they're you never know. It's he, he wasn't scary. No. He was when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had those sausage fingers in there. <laughs> wow. That part when he's like when he's dying and he's all white. Oh, I can't even watch that now. It creeps me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just thinking about getting a big giant blow up alien doll and having Sean put it at the end of the bed. <laughs> oh my god. Shots fired. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my house. Yeah, I would unload a clip in that. (laughs) Oh, that's great. 
do you tend to watch the night sky? Do you do you go out and just sit and watch? I do. Um, I, I we live in an area where uh, there's a little bit of of light contamination, but in the evenings, especially in the summertime, uh, I don't like being cold, so not so much in the fall. But when it gets to be really nice out, um, Kimber and I like to go sit on the back deck and have a fire and just kind of chill, put a little music on, and just see what's up there. Gotcha. I won't be looking in the skies on my drive home. <laughs> or when I yeah. go out and take care of my animals, I'm not looking up. I'm looking down. Now, that's my wife is it works night turn. So that's why it's Kimber and I and, you know, the kids aren't real into it. But uh, she'll be coming off nights permanently here next month. So we're real excited about that. But she does not share my she'll come out and sit with me and look at the fire while I look up. She does not subscribe to any of my theories about Bigfoot or UFO or ghosts. Uh, you know, I just find it interesting because it's something that we don't know everything about. Right. You know, I would much rather watch a documentary about paranormal stuff and at the end of it go, that's BS. Yeah. <laughs> or, boy, that make, that gives you something to think about, you know. Yeah. Exactly. So I just find it interesting. I'm not here to argue with anybody and say ghosts exist. I mean, I, I certainly have my share of stories. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you Bigfoot exists. I can tell you I saw something cross the road one time on two legs in the deep woods and it wasn't a bear. Can I tell you it was Bigfoot? No. But something in the corner of my eye cleared the road in two steps. Wow. Could it have been a shadow? Some, I don't know. All I know, all I can tell you is saw something weird. Heard something weird in the woods last weekend. You know, so I just find it interesting to talk about, you know, how, how long can we talk about the weather or, you know, the the last episode of Survivor? Right, right. <laughs> we should not talk about Survivor at all. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest here. I mean, no, no. no. Okay. <laughs> I, I find this more interesting because I like to hear other people's theories and you know, the whole discussion of interdimensional stuff is very interesting and, you know, the time-space relativity. I have done, I have done the uh, uh, layout in the backyard uh, when we had the trampoline out there and just lay there, um, you know, with all the ho outside house lights off and just stare at the beautiful stars up there. And, you know, if you, if you look and focus you can actually see some pretty interesting things go floating across the sky now for me i'm almost 100 percent sure it was a satellite because of the way you know into the into the gravitational way it was flipping through but you know it wasn't anything extraordinary but um we did me and bobby had an experience one night where we were setting out on the step in the front of the house and we're both looking straight ahead and we're looking at this star and all of a sudden it just went poof. it burned out right in front of us it yeah. crazy crazy it's the craziest thing i ever seen but yeah I, I do look at the sky a lot and i like just like last night it's like what the hell was that <laughs> you, know, it, you just you i mean you don't know if your eyes are playing tricks on you or if you actually seen something and but yeah it's i can remember twice in my life where i, I looked at something and literally said wow out loud one was at night, when I rounded the corner in Manhattan and saw Times Square for the first time, oh yeah, like, wow, that that's pretty overwhelming. And the other time was when I was at camp on a clear summer night, 
and had no light contamination. I looked up and you could actually see the swirls of the galaxy. That Ooh. just blew my mind. Like, oh yeah, you know, like you see that in movies, not in real life. And to look up and see that the actual swirls of, of the galaxy was amazing. So yeah, you look up at that and go, you know, how can we think that we're it? Right. You know, are we the pinnacle of existence? <laughs> I I look forward to uh you know meeting an extraterrestrial. I'm looking right at you right now too. I, I look forward to that, but I hope that it's the <laughs> you can't it. see her. She's flipping me the bird right now. Sorry. <laughs> I just hope it's we make it a good experience, you know, and it's not something that would it turns bad. Um, I can't say I share your enthusiasm on that one. No, I, I would much rather ca- cross paths with a large hairy creature that wants to scare me away <laughs> or run away than I would an an extraterrestrial that I don't know their intentions, I don't mm. know their capabilities. I, and, yep. you know, <laughs> I just I don't like not being in control of my situation, and I think I, I would have the ability to run away from Bigfoot, or he would run away from me, as opposed right. to. Uh, an extraterrestrial that may i don't know you know i don't know i know I, yeah i'll let you know. i'll let you take take the lead on on that one <laughs> i got you man i got you back no. i don't like it <laughs> what are but... you kidding me i'll run like a little girl <laughs> <laughs> you guys have any other questions for peter i don't jw your face right now hon is this is remarkable she is she is on alien watch That's right now she believes you know she does yes well you, you said that you back at the old house uh one night that a red orb was over over the property right yeah we had a red orb and it is well it came across the sky and then it stopped and then i was like what is that and then all of a sudden it was like gone and then like 10 minutes later another one came across the sky and it dropped and it hovered over our house and then it was gone. And I cried. <laughs> I cried. Literally well, cried. We don't want you to cry tonight. We're not trying to make you cry. Well, you gave me the goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't help that, you know, my husband's like, ooh, aliens, they come and they they visit you every night. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, oh, and another thing that happened at my old house was. We had a big field next door, and all of a sudden, the whole house was like white, bright, light, white. There was a helicopter next door. <laughs> they were looking for somebody. <laughs> they were looking for your wow. Oh, my that's, God. That's scarier than aliens. That, that, oh, my God. I think I, yeah, I had to change the bed sheets after that night. <laughs> oh, my. Well, Peter, thank you so, so much, man. Uh, the, like I said, it's a pleasure to meet you and yes. thank you for being a, uh, a two listener and even more. Thank you for coming on and sharing, uh, sharing the Pennsylvania s- story with us, man. We, we appreciate it so much. I certainly hope there's something you can salvage out of all that rambling. Oh, so. no, that I know it's good. It's interesting. I don't know if you watched me, but you had me the whole entire yeah. time. 
You Jerry Maguire'd me, man. You Jerry Maguire'd me. <laughs> yeah, you had me rocking really fast. <laughs> That's what I do when I get nervous. I rock really I, fast. I almost felt bad every time I look at J-Dub. She had look like you have when you're in the, the dentist waiting room. Like, <laughs> yeah. is this over yet? Is this over yet? <laughs> Oh, uh, that's it. she has the same. She has the same look at work when I when I see her. Is it over yet? Is it over yet? Yeah, I quit. <laughs> I give up. <laughs> well, uh, after listening to you guys for so long, it's really it's really cool to put uh, faces with the names now. <laughs> You're hiding behind your mic. <laughs> yeah it's always cool to uh to uh meet people that you listen to like i said i've uh i've shared a story of meeting um uh gunner's classmate at ball state after watching all the videos and stuff that they had done through all that and then to actually meet him it was almost like meeting a movie star and and i can uh i can only imagine if you just listen because we don't do video um we probably will for that is this going to be okay to put up on our youtube just like this uh, if you want to scare people with this mug <laughs> i want everybody to see j-dub's face the entire time that you're talking about aliens <laughs> oh that's great i love it all right peter once again thank you and we are going to get out of here what we're going to do now is j-dub's going to put the spots in no socials no. Fireman's. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. You did so good. You I, did I'm, so good. I'm you sorry. Really good. I've been practicing it. I look in the mirror and and do it. That's what I do. Yes. Every That's time true. you do it, I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to the United States of Paranormal. If you have a story like Peter, he reached out and uh, I love this story. I did some research it, but I'd love to listen to him tell it. It was so much better than if I would have done it. Um, you know, reach out to us at the United States of Paranormal at gmail.com, or you can go check out the website, you know, uh, United States of Paranormal.com. We got new pictures coming. I yes. see in the sneak. I saw the sneak peek. If they ain't already up, yeah, <laughs> I got a. There's a great one of J Dub showing off that cast like a badass mamma jamma. Um, <laughs> you can fight the aliens off. Oh, yes. <laughs> Put it. Listen. <laughs> um of course the merch store is on there we have a i'm not going to tell you what it is yet but we have a new character coming to <laughs> the united states of paranormal i'm super excited about it it is going to be the next big cryptid that's all i'll tell you so if you listened in the past you probably know what i'm talking about but new art is on the way i've got the sneak peek of it it is awesome <laughs> um and if you like us, uh, you know, go to Spotify and give us a give us a rate. You know, Apple, you can rate and review. That would be great. I check on the reviews all the time. And uh, I love going and reading whether we, we suck or whether we're good. I mean, <laughs> I can take either or. I just want to know what's going to make us better and if you like what we're doing. So please get out there, rate, review, or email us. I love them all. Um. If you liked the United States Paranormal, I don't know why. I can't see the rocker chick. All I can see is you. Uh, if you like the United <laughs> States Paranormal, maybe you'll like something else in the Golden Mojo Entertainment Empire. You got the call, guys. You've got um, that other one. The, what do I call it? Golden Image Podcast. <laughs> 
Uh, you got double dose on Thursdays with the Indiana Chiefs fans and the brand new Golden 80s. And, you know, why not have a double dose on Friday with the Murderers or a quarter books and booze? All can be found at your favorite streaming site. Promise. Even if it's a typo in some of the shit that I do. You gotta love me. I'm human. Or am I? so thank you everybody for listening peter once again thank you so much for uh joining us thank you for the opportunity it was wonderful we'll have to do this again sure all right all right guys see you on the other side Bye. bye to support other golden mojo entertainment productions check out golden image podcast the call guys and Murd Nerds wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. To see photos and find new episodes of the United States of Paranormal, follow us on our social media, Twitter at T-U-S-O-P-P-O-D or Instagram at the United States of Paranormal and Facebook, the United States of Paranormal. If you have a place that you'd like us to look into, or would like to share your spooky story that we can read on the air, please email us at the United States of Paranormal at gmail.com.